0: Winter, Hermina, you thought I was going to say the time of year, didn't you? No, <laughs> is very pregnant, as you well know, and we're starting to organize some uh, meals for her. See Gladie about this. We want to try to serve them this way, as uh, she looks like she could have that baby any moment. That's- Supposedly the end of this month is her due date. But tuesday, tuesday? she could have at any moment. <laughs> All right. So see Gladdy. Gladdy's organizing uh, us getting some meals to her. So see Gladie on this matter. Judges, Chapter 16. Uh, as we continue our saga... On Samson, Samson was a complex man. He was a man who toyed with the gifts of god's strength upon him, but he was also a Nazarite. He was separated unto God from his birth. in chapter fifteen samson he burns the crops of the Philistines by tying foxes' tails together, putting a torch between them and setting the foxes loose through the grain fields and the vineyards and so forth. As a result, these uh, foxes in the fires that they lit, they burned the fields and they burn the Philistine food supply for the next year. And by this burning of their crops, the Philistines... Are determined now to kill Samson. Samson, he flees. He flees to the wilderness of Edom and he hides out in the rocky cliffs there and the Philistines go to the leaders of Israel and they say, we want Samson. Turn him over to us. And uh, basically they agree to do this. But In the ensuing battle, Samson ends up killing a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And in chapter 16 of Judges is where we pick up this morning and we see the end, the climax of Samson's life. Judges uh, 16, we'll read the first four verses. Now Samson went down to Gaza, and he saw a harlot there, and he went into her. And when the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gates of the city, and the two gate posts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterwards, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Samson being Samson, he sees a harlot there at Gaza and he can't resist and he goes into her. Meanwhile, the people of uh, Gaza, the Gadites, Gazites, whatever, quietly surround the place, and they lay in wait to kill Samson. But Samson he gets up at midnight, pulls up the gatepost of the the city, puts them on his shoulder, and carries them away. And the gates are the protection of Gaza. And he carries their gates to the nearby hills. Or we think the nearby hills. There were some hills that were a quarter mile away. There were some hills that were a half a mile away. And there were some really large hills that were 38 miles away. So we don't know for sure which hills Samson carried the gates. But notice that is where The Gazites are hiding. They're hiding by the gates and they see him pull up these gates and my, they don't say a word. They get quiet. Wow, if he can do that to a gate, pull up up by the post, what will he do to me? And so the Gazites, they kind of disappear into the darkness. There's no battle mentioned where they come to ambush him. But in verse 4, we see that Afterwards, Samson loved Delilah, a woman of Sorek. So let's read verses 5 through 22. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1100 hundred." Pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and what will, uh, you may be bound with to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistine brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now they were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn, which breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, Look. You have mocked me and told me lies now, please tell me what you may be bound with, so he said to her, "If they bind me securely with new ropes that have not never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man." Therefore, Delilah took new ropes, bound him with them, and said to him, "The Philistines are upon you, Samson." And when they were lying the men were lying in wait, staying in the room, he broke them. Off his arms like a thread, Delilah said to Samson, "Until now, you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me where you may, how you may be bound, and how you should be bound with." And he said to her, "If you weave the seven locks of my head into a web of loom, and this will weaken me." So she vowed. Uh, excuse me, she wove it tightly into the batten of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep, pulled out the batten and the web from the loom, and then she said to them, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass, When she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart. And he said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw... That he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. And they, brought him with bron- uh, they bound him with bronze fetter, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. What a story. You know, you couldn't make up a story like this. Delilah is ordered by the Philistines, uh, the lords of the Philistine, find out where Samson's strength is. How come he is so greatly strong? And each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Basically, they're telling Delilah, we're going to make you very rich if you tell us where his strength is. So Delilah, not so secretly, she's on a mission. Verse 6, tell me where your great strength lies and how we can afflict you, sweetie pie. You marvel at how naive Samson is. Notice Samson's great strength is not in his physique. His great strength is a gifting from God. Even Samson, and I really believe, is deceived to think his hair is the source of his strength. His hair only Is a label. It only classifies him as being a Nazarite. And Samson's hair is a sign of God's gifting that rests upon him. Verse 15, notice Delilah's words. How can you say you love me when you won't tell me how to destroy you? You have mocked me three times. (laughs) Samson, he's toying. He's playing with the secret of his strength that comes from God. Delilah, she's on a mission. She's intent upon finding where his strength comes from. What is the secret of his strength? And in verse 16, it says, Delilah is so... Persistent that she vexed his soul to death. Sort of like watching the evening news or the presidential debates. (laughs) That'll vex you. Verse 17, Samson gives in. He says, cut my hair and my strength will leave me. I firmly believe not only is Samson being outright stupid, but Samson is testing God. And he's testing God's promise to him. Samson, in the past, he has broken the Nazarite vows that he was to keep. He has, we find him killing a lion in a vineyard where grapes are and he wasn't to touch either wine or grapes he wasn't to touch a dead animal yet he goes back to the lion and takes a honeycomb from it and Samson is having relationships with forbidden Philistine women and that doesn't mention that but an Israelite was not to have a relationship with a Philistine and he's doing that also I believe Samson is completely questioning if he is bulletproof. Can I do as I please and still have God's blessings? Can we relate to that? After 9-11, here in America, we did not hear a public outcry God forgive America for all the sins she has committed what did we hear we heard God bless America song were written uh, about patriotism and being uh, all that you can be as an American and that kind of thing and there were written about Receiving God's blessings. Lee Greenwood sang a very popular song, I'm Proud to be an American. And he sang about the virtues of America. Not once did I hear any public official announce, we need to repent and turn our backs upon sin. We did not hear, God forgive us for murdering our babies, our infants in the womb. Rather, we heard, it's a woman's choice. And I believe abortion, without a doubt, is the singular great sin of America. I can't think of anything that's more tragic than the number of children, the number of babies that we abort in our country. And the Twin Towers in Manhattan, they were attacked, you know that. And they were known to the world as our symbols of financial power. I heard one reporter comment that Twin Towers are where the wealthy Of America worship. Quite telling. But what an affront to God. We do not want to repent God. We do not want to turn from our sinful ways. We simply want you to bless us. Back to Samson. He has revealed to Delilah Shave my head, and I will come weak like any other man. And then he promptly falls asleep on Delilah's knees. Notice in verse 19 and 20, she tormented Samson until he revealed the secret and his strength left him. Wake up, Samson. The Philistines are upon you. And he wakes up. And he says, I will go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that his strength had left him. No, it doesn't say that. It says, Samson did not know the Lord had departed from him. It's not a matter of strength. God has left Samson. He's left him to himself. With the gifting of God comes responsibility. Samson has delighted himself in his God given strength. He's tied foxes, he's tied their tails together, put a torch in them. He slaughtered 30 men at a wedding party for their clothes where he could give a wedding gift. He carries off the gates of Gaza. He's had sexual relationship with Philistine women. Samson has yet to humble himself. He is totally ungrateful for God's gift of strength. And now, The Philistines have come upon him, they took out his eyes, they gouged out his eyes, and they take him down to Gaza, and they chain him up. And Samson is chained to a millstone where he grinds wheat and corn, and he grinds and pulls around this huge millstone like an ox. But this imprisonment by Samson allows two things to happen. It allows one time to go by where his hair begins to grow again. And it's time for Samson to reflect upon his life. And he's reflecting how foolish he has been. It also gives him time to repent. The Philistines, they're having a great party, a great celebration, a great sacrifice time to Dagon, their God, and they're having uh, a great time. And Samson, their destroyer, is now the entertainment to their party. He is the spectacle. And the Philistine watch, it says they watch him perform. You you wonder what are they doing to Samson to cause him to perform and what is he doing? He's probably being taunted because he's blind. He's probably required to dance around, rattle his chains. He's probably being poked or jabbed and he's reacting to this pain and they find that amusing. Let me read verses 28 through 31. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that were killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and his father's household came and took him down and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Estol in the tomb of his father, Manoah. He had judged Israel 20 years. Finally, Samson calls upon the Lord. (laughs) Remember me, Lord, one more time and allow me to take vengeance on these Philistines for my own eyes. And now Samson is ready to die. And he's ready to die even with the Philistines. He pushes those support pillars of the temple and the temple of Dagon falls and it crushes 3,000 worshippers Of Dagon. This final act of Samson's life, he is killing more at his death than he ever did while he lived. His family comes, they retrieve Samson's body, and they bury him in the tomb of his father. But in his death, Samson finds victory over God's enemies. And that's sort of tragic to even have to say that. But at least Samson died serving God. He's come to the realization that God is the one who gifted him with his great strength. Samson finished strong, almost like a comic book hero. But don't miss the lessons that are there for us in Samson. We are allowed to serve God with our life, not only in death. Do not wait for death before you serve God. Don't say, well, when I'm older, I'll turn and change my ways and serve God. No. The way you live today is the way you will die. What you're doing for God today is most likely what you will do for God through your death. Look at Samson. Look at what he had to experience before he repented and humbled himself. How foolish he was how naive he was. You can even say it, how stupid he was. Samson is a cruel example of living foolishly. And Samson, he prays and he asks God, let me at least die and glorify you in my death. And God allows him to do that. I say to you, live and glorify God with your life. Amen. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, there's not a one of us that don't have regrets in our life. There's not a one of us that haven't look back at our life and wish we could made a different decision or changed our mind or not done something that was very foolish and lord this is so evident in samson's life let us learn as we read about these different men of scripture and they some were very foolish lord and samson is one of them yet you still allowed him to serve you in his death. Lord, we want to serve you with our life. We want to give you over our life, Lord. Take our lives. Use them for your glory. Cause us to be that witness, that good example to friends, to family, to acquaintance, to to anyone that comes in contact with us. We want you to be seen, Jesus. And we want, to, we want to be that good witness of you. We pray that you would give us your Holy Spirit to empower us to be that good witness. So help us, Lord. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.